Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, June 11th edition of the AAPI GoCast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Scott, and uh, joining me this week is uh, Raphael. Hello. And Bobby. Hey, everyone. And Eugene as well. Cool. Well, we have an exciting show this week. Uh, just wanted a disclaimer up front. Um, the opinions expressed here on the podcast are our own individual opinions, um, so they're not to be taken as reflective of uh, the opinions of the organization as a whole. Um, we're not lawyers, so we're not providing legal advice, um, but other than that, we've got an exciting show planned for you about uh, all the news of the week. Um, we'll get into weird gun ownership, um, you know, with the uh, Beretta model ARX, and uh, open up the floor to Q&A. Um, but first off, uh, as every week, we want to start off the event with, uh, you know, what have you been shooting this week? Uh, so has anybody taken a range trip, taken a class, bought some new ammo, um, whoever wants to go first? Yeah, um, I'm still too poor to shoot right now, um, but I will be ordering a couple of big chunks of 9mm soon. Uh, so it looks like I'll be having the opportunity to shoot for not more than 50 cents a round uh, in the near future. Well, that's always something to celebrate. Um, yeah, I uh, lucked into finding a bunch of 9mm at Bass Pro Shops, which I think it's Cabela's in the rest of the country, but in California, it's Bass Pro Shops, same company anyway. No, we have uh, Bass Pro Shops all, all over the place. It's uh, Cabela's is, I think, a sister franchise, but no, Bass Pro Shops is, uh, they have the big pyramid in Tennessee, oh, yeah. remember? Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Cool. The pyramid. Nice. Well, yeah, it's, it was just weird to me, like, in California, because, like, I mean, in Oregon and then Nevada, it's it's Cabela's, and then I came down here, and it's like, oh, well, same company, but they're all Bass Pro Shops. Um, but yeah, anyway, they have, um, like actually decent pricing on there. I think it was like sixty nine ninety nine for 200 rounds of nine millimeter target ammo. So not quite as good as a deal as you're getting, but, um, they're, I guess like from now on starting to get routine shipments in. Um, so it seems like some of the big manufacturers are just, uh, you know, like Winchester, for example, are just, you know, trying to accommodate the more popular calibers and emphasizing production on that, which is smart. Um, so they also have like five, five, six in and, uh, seven, six, two by 39 and, uh, you know, a couple other pretty common ones, uh, except for no 30. All of our wheel gun boys can be, uh, very sad about that. Yep. You know, they did, they did have 357 mag, but, uh, that gets a little bit expensive. So the seven sig is the real question. Yeah, that's, I, I think they did actually. I didn't, uh, didn't ask, but they have this little reader board up at the front of the ammo aisle where they mark down what's in stock or out of stock on a given day. Right. Um, and I didn't see 357 on the uh, out of stock uh, list, so who knows? Well, not many people carry 357 yeah. SIG anymore. It's uh, it's only really used for stopping mass shootings. Hats off to Jack Wilson. All right, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got an adapter for my Glock. Uh, it's like a you know drop-in mod barrel that'll allow me to do 357 SIGs because I've got uh, you know I've got the the Glock 22 which shoots uh, 40 cal, so you can basically swap it in for. 9 mil or uh 357 sig and uh then you get three calibers for the price of one gun yeah i mean it's like an ar you, you can swap out the barrel and in some cases the action and uh shoot 22 556 223 and 300 blackout yeah 300 blackout you don't even need a different mag which is fantastic very nice cool well uh how about you bobby um have you been uh shooting anything this weekend i heard you're planning a, a trip coming up no i'm just going camping with my wife um and some other friends no no shooting no, nothing super interesting it's just been busy with with work lately um but i was able to check out uh monarch defense with you scott last weekend um and that 
that was uh, very cool to meet Brian and to meet everyone there. Uh, are you going camping in an area with bears? There's bears everywhere in California. Uh, so I would say that there, likely there there could be bears, but it's it's in like a dedicated campground, um, and it's a pretty big campground. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, the general advice when you're going camping when there are bears around is uh, get a chest rig and get something in 10 mil because uh, if you have an angry bear, you don't want 9 mil, you want 10 mil. Yeah, I definitely don't Yeah, I've heard 357 mil. mag works pretty well on the bears too. But sometimes you want more than, uh, especially if it's a bear. Yeah, it, it, um, one of the more common uses of the 50 AE uh, Deagle is a chest rig when you're in an area with bears. There's a reason we have very large caliber pistols in this country, and uh, a lot of it is bears. Yeah, absolutely. It, it makes sense. Um, yeah, like I, I've got a SMW R8, and so it has eight shots. But uh, yeah, definitely, if you're living in the land of freedom where you can get, uh, you know, over 10 rounds, uh, for sure, go that route with 10 mil. Yeah, um, I think uh, I was talking to European online a few days ago, and they were talking about, oh, bears aren't that big. You don't you don't need a big gun to deal with a bear. And so I, uh, I brought up the difference in size between European and American bears. Our brown bears are roughly double the size of their brown bears. We have some, I did not know We that. have some big fauna here. Fun nature fact of the day. Yeah. And I saw a probably 1,500-pound grizzly a little while ago. Yeah. Not up here, but down south. But you know, those, those things get big. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. My, my best reference for that is the great outdoors. And uh, that did not seem like a bear you would want to mess with, even if the... Uh, had no uh, hair on his head, and at the end of the movie, no hair on his ass. So, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, messing with any bear in general times. is a really bad idea, unless you are packing uh, some serious heat. Those things, yeah, they're just incredible. It's just like, okay, you are a gigantic ball of angry flesh, and you eat berries. Well, and salmon, in the case of Grizzly, you know, can't, can't that's uh, true. fault them for that. Yep. And rolling right back onto topic. Uh, what kind of news yeah, do you have right, this week? Right back well, um, well, the first news item is kind of related to what Bobby was talking about. Um, we uh, went to Monarch Defense, which is a really cool um, defensive shooting range and instruction group out in uh, San Jose, California. Um, so we just kind of like audited his uh, precision uh, precision drill day class. Um, and, you know, got, got together with him afterwards to kind of talk about our event that's coming up on July 31st. So happy to report that uh, we're officially booking his range for that. Um, it'll be a really cool event. Um, going to go through a little bit of the curriculum that we kind of mashed out because it'll be uh, probably exciting to some some listeners to know about that. But yeah, um, we're going to be hosting the event on 731 out at the Monarch Defense's range. Um, so essentially the, the session is going to involve... Um, we're going to have a hand-to-hand combat section. We're going to have handgun tune-up. There's going to be a rifle and shotguns intro to home defense um, with some simunition, which should be kind of fun if we have some volunteers that want to get shot at. Um, going to have a dueling tree competition. And um, one of the highlights is we've gotten some sponsorship, um, at least one so far from Berna, which um, you may have uh, seen them on the Sean Hannity show. Um, but basically what they are is they're like a less than lethal option. Um, it's shoot 68 caliber um the uh, rubber pellets and um in states other than california those rubber pellets contain you know basically full-on military-grade gear gas 
So you could, you know, basically shoot someone, they would have a very bad, painful day with the kinetic force of it, um, but it would also explode and shoot a bunch of tear gas at them. So it's kind of a nice little less than lethal option. They're going to have a demo up um, at the event too. And uh, if you want to shoot Brian at Mardok Defense, um, you'll have a chance to do that because they're going to donate uh, $1,000 for every round he takes. Oh. So it should be a good time. I want, I want to get shot at with Simunition. I've, uh, I've, been, I've been very interested in that stuff for a while. It seems uh, when you train safely with it, it seems really cool. And uh, also train yourself for getting a shot at, which is a good thing to uh, not flinch at. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, so yeah, we'll have more details on the event on our social pages. I'll be posting it on Reddit, and um, it's going to go out on Eventbrite because we're kind of expecting a lot of new shooters because it's, you know, technically going to be, you know, a donations-only event. Um, so people will sign up for, you know, like a dollar, but if they want to donate to either us or Brian, they can. Um, totally optional. Um, we just want to get uh, important safety information out there to uh, the Asian-American community here in the Bay Area, so it should be pretty exciting, and uh, we'll have a lot of... Uh, local area gun shops uh represented out there as well um and some other manufacturers um you know if we can get some additional sponsorship and uh you know free booze from people so uh should be a good time cool uh well yeah moving on to the the next major news story um you probably saw that uh, the california assault weapons ban was overturned by uh u.s district judge robert benitez um he ruled Saint the benitez. ban Yep, St. Benitez. I'm, ge- I'm getting a candle uh, for him. You know, I, just, uh, I really want one of those. But yeah, um, I mean, he likened uh, the AR-15 to a Swiss Army knife, which apparently set off our, you know, ridiculous Governor Gavin Newsom uh, about the comparison and uh, seemed to be taking it kind of personally. Um, so yeah, just kind of curious. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the uh, the good news, everyone? Can we please get uh, Benitez moved to New York? Please, please, please. He's done. He's done all he can there. We want him now. We need him. Bring him. Uh, yeah, you guys, I, I am incredibly jealous right now. I know it hasn't gone into effect yet, but even like the potential of that happening is huge. And uh, again, I, yeah, I, I mean, can't overstate did, how um, jealous I am. Like, that's un. I know. Yeah, California of all places Fair. too to have something like that happen. Um, you know, a, a part of me is like, I hope it's like a quick win. We get the assault weapons banned overturned, and we can you know start buying normal stuff uh, ASAP. But the other part of me is like. Maybe it would be better if it got appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court uh, before, you know, the mix changes, because then it could be, you know, nationwide implications there if it actually uh, goes that far. Yeah. So on the um, ban overturn, I don't know, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed right now. Um, and on one hand, I'm, I'm really glad that this happened. You know, Benitez is really kind of delivering something that's super necessary um, to kind of show that these quote-unquote uh, assault weapons bans are, are pretty much unconstitutional. Um, I really like the, the phrasing he used about it being like a Swiss Army knife, because it is true. The, the AR-15 is great in almost any situation, you know, and it's so modular too. It can really be tailored to, to fit any situation. Um, but like, while I am happy about that, the one thing that it's kind of rubbing me the wrong way uh, in the sense um, that makes me skeptical is the fact that there is kind of like a time period right now where that can be challenged or appealed and, you know, it gives, you know, the, the other members of the California government to, you know, try and strike it down, which 
you know, makes me a little upset. But I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I think overall this is a step in the right direction, and I just hope that this momentum can kind of keep going. Yeah, I think uh, I read a little analysis of this from FPC when it came out. It's basically so California basically has two options right now. Uh, they can get who will probably then it'll get at an option they want because they know the current layout of the court and they know what will happen to it. Uh, and I don't think their chances are good. And that would lead to a uh, kind of a nationwide repeal, uh, which is not something anybody on their side of the aisle wants. Uh, so it's pretty much. Uh, do they either let it sit for California or take their chances in in the Supreme Court and risk uh, New York being pissed off at them for the rest of their lives? Yeah, I don't know. It might be worth it. Uh, any, any thoughts, Bobby? I mean, yeah, I mean, like, even if it does go to the Supreme Court, like, there might be a chance the Supreme Court doesn't take it. Um, it's possible. I, mean, I feel like there's a lot of Second Amendment things that the Supreme Court hasn't really dealt with. It's possible, but this is also an extremely well-constructed case. And generally, when the Supreme Court doesn't accept something these days, um, previously, uh, Clarence Thomas commented directly on this, they weren't willing to accept Second Amendment cases because they weren't, uh, they weren't confident in how the court would rule, and they didn't want to damage the right. But now, uh, the only Second Amendment cases they've turned down have been either because they're moot or because they rule on that specific uh, topic. So in this case, I mean, FPC did their homework. They know their shit. They are, they have a very well-constructed case. They've used a ton of precedent. And it would be silly for the Supreme Court to take this up. Justices would agree the case. Getting back to the 1930s when people are suing the NFA uh, for existing. Uh, so I think, I think if it goes to the court, they will take it. Because uh, there's really no reason for them not to at this point. And uh, kick and scream as some people might, I think, uh, I think this case is pretty ironclad at this point. Yeah, I would say that's that's one of the good things about FPC, I think, compared to the NRA, because they seem to have hired very good lawyers who actually know what they're doing, rather than, you know, just kind of fighting the rhetorical battle. They're actually backing it up with solid logic and evidence that's really hard to refute. Yeah, and, uh, like, their lawyers are top-notch. They get a lot of money, and they use a lot of money specifically on legal counsel, and uh, it's utterly fantastic to see what they're able to get done. Um, they're on the heels of this, uh, let me check exactly what cases they're running right now, just to give people some point up their website. Also, they do they do have a uh, Amazon Smile if you'd like to donate without you know necessarily spending out of pocket, and uh, I'll happily shill for it. You just uh, go to Amazon Smile and enter Firearms Policy Foundation, and then a percentage of any order you make through Smile.Amazon.com will be given to them, or they will continue. Uh, paying through the noise nose for amazing lawyers who do things like this. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. I'm I'm, I'm a card carrying member, so uh, oh, good good on them. Um, yeah. So currently they're uh, they're just like a, a, a top five. They are currently challenging uh, Nevada's ban on self built firearms, so ghost guns, as it were, uh, in district court. They just won the ban on assault weapons. They are challenging Massachusetts approved handgun roster, which if that goes through, it would be great precedent for challenging California's approved handguns roster. They are challenging zoning restrictions all over the country uh, to make gun ranges more accessible and easier to run. And they're also in, I believe, in every single state that bans carry under a particular age or 
over uh, over uh, 18 in any case, they're challenging that in every state where that exists. So if a state has constitutional carry, but it doesn't go down to 18, they have a lawsuit filed in that state. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. I mean, because it's like you can it, it I, I never really got the 18 limit because it's like you can sign up for the military and shoot automatic weapons when you're 18, but you can't buy them when you're 18. I mean, I guess I get it, you know, from the optics standpoint, high school students being able to buy them, but still. Hypocrite. Yeah, um, but long story short, donate to Firearms Policy Coalition. They are your best bet right now, uh, and they are, as far as I can tell, completely nonpartisan. And they are, are uh, they they share our single-minded commitment to one thing, and that is the Second Amendment is absolute. Yep, absolutely. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you know, moving on to uh, the next news item, um. There's another um, thing in place here in California that's going to make things a bit difficult that the FTC is already committed to defending. Um, and that is uh, our mayor of uh, San Jose is basically proposing a lot of new restrictions, including a tamp stack, uh, or sorry, stamp tax, um, and requiring insurance for um, any firearm purchase uh, within the city of San Jose. So thankfully, I don't live in San Jose proper, so it shouldn't affect me unless they, you know, peel up to Santa Clara County or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Bobby, did you hear about that uh, story as well? It's uh, pretty, pretty crazy. And I, I think FTC already said, yeah, we're going to hop on that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super insane what they're doing um, or what they're proposing to do. Um, and I think like um, like we should do everything we can to to prevent from happening <clears throat> i'm pretty sure fpc already has the lawsuit written uh for that they they, they stay ahead but uh let's uh, let's avoid the fuck you got mine mentality because just because we might not be affected by certain local ordinances doesn't mean that we soon because they'll move up or uh you know we, we, just in general let's uh let's keep sol- let's keep solidarity with everybody who lives inside of the district yeah. where this is going to happen because it must absolutely yeah, suck 100 percent. and as somebody living in a non-free state i can tell you it does suck oh do you, do you guys have a uh stamp tax on oh no no we just have well we do have some additional taxes we don't have stamps or anything like that but uh we have some very annoying restrictions yeah you know different different for sure from your own yeah, and 100%. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, you know, um, uh, for folks that are in the Bay Area listening to this, you know, reach out to us, you know, especially on the Discord if you want, or, uh, you know, email us at info at aapigo.net um, if you want to get involved in, um, you know, some kind of a, you know, direct action on the, uh, the rules. Like, personally, I feel like if we could get enough gun owners just to show up peacefully when they're debating um this on the floor or something like that you know might be might be worth pursuing something of that nature just to you know kind of show solidarity obviously no open carry because that's illegal in the state but you know just showing up as a group to protest or something is this quick quiz does anybody know why open carry is illegal in california what what prompted uh, that, that would be ronald reagan and the mulford act along with the nra uh who in 1967 i believe uh banned open carry because of the Black Panther Party? That's right. It is 100% racist. Uh, so the Black Panthers were marching on the California Capitol uh, in full rights, uh, threatening well, they weren't necessarily threatening harm to anybody. Uh, and they, the, the prompt response of the 
government at the time was to ban open carry because we can't have these black people making points that we don't like and backing it up with force because they deserve these rights. Yeah, California kind of has this history of that stuff. Um, you know, a dumb duo denim and uh, uh, Bobby kind of heard about, uh, you know, Brian's view on that. He shared a book with us that I totally forgot the name of. So I'm going to ask you when we open it up to the, the chat if you remember the name of that book. But it was talking about how, you know, there's actually like several times where, you know, San Francisco and San Jose Chinatowns were just like raised to the ground back in the 1800s. Um, and so there's actually kind of a sort of like hidden long history of uh, Asian Americans arming themselves to to fight against this kind of stuff. And of course, uh, as uh, probably many of our audience know, the rooftop Koreans, which I have been told is racist by everyone uh, who is not <laughs> Korean. Point. And then all the Korean people I know love it. So I don't know. I mean, if I remember correctly, Bobby said he was a fan. So, you know, I guess we're, we've got a pass there because he's Korean. So. Yeah, I. I'm well, no, Chinese, sorry, I meant but, Eugene. Sorry about uh, that. Okay, careful, careful now. Careful. Yeah, geez, sorry. Okay, we'll we'll cut that part out. Um, but <laughs> um, anyway, awkward. Moving on to the next topic. Um, I have one I'd like sure. to insert really quick. Uh, another ATF comment period is open this time on another attempt yes. to restrict pistol braces. And I know that this doesn't really affect us in New York and California, but for the rest of the country, it's kind of the only way without paying a ridiculous amount of money and waiting a year that you can get a reasonable firearm with a slightly shorter barrel than you might normally get on one that you purchase from a gun store. So if you appreciate the ability to have a slightly shorter firearm than you would get from a gun store or a slightly longer pistol, you should probably go to the ATF comments and uh, submit a respectful, but forcefully or strongly worded, but respectful comment on why this is a stupid decision. Yeah, so I was actually reading a bit about the um, the pistol brace uh, rules. I think if I remember correctly, there was a thing about there being like a point system. I've been seeing a lot of memes surrounding that of of people going, you know, I'm trying to hit the the maximum amount of points as possible. I was like, a fuck you to the ATF. In general, I think that this ruling is really dumb. Um, essentially, turning millions of gun owners overnight into felons for such arbitrary reasons. I mean, in general, the whole NFA ruling on short barrel rifles is is pretty dumb. Um, since the the enforcement and rulings of it are so I want to say useless, um, but one thing that I read a while ago, uh, or like a few days ago, uh, that really made me think is that this ruling really discriminates against uh, ADA, you know, people with like disabilities, physical disabilities specifically, you know, like we, most people see kind of braces as a way to, to you know, get around the, the NFA short SBR ruling. But for a lot of people, the, the pistol braces and like the usage of them is vital to them being able to exercise the Second Amendment rights. People who cannot physically um, shoulder or hold a firearm in a typical manner rely on the braces to be able to defend themselves. And I think with this new ruling, it's just kind of a slap into the face of people with physical disabilities saying like oh sorry you want to defend yourself now you can eat shit and that really pisses me off 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I took a look at some of the photos and the definitions on the proposed rules, and it's it's like just ridiculous. It's like, okay, a rifle is legal, but because a shorter barrel rifle has a, you know, pistol brace, which basically just looks like a stock to my untrained eye, it's somehow evil and fan-worthy. Uh, I mean, the logic is really stupid. Basically, because we have... Uh, so, so at the time, people weren't big fans of uh, short-barreled shotguns and rifles because they were too easily concealable. Uh, we have you can get a concealed carry permit, or theoretically get a concealed carry permit in every single state in the country. If you can get a pistol, nobody's going to try to conceal a fifteen a rifle with a fifteen-inch barrel under their coat uh, because you can get a, a Glock and add a slightly bigger mag and have the same capacity. It's out of date. The NFA is. Uh, it's an it's an archaic law that doesn't have any real purpose anymore, and it needs to go. FPC, if you're listening, you know what to do. Yeah, ironically, I sometimes feel like half of our California gun laws were written after somebody saw Terminator One, because like literally our short-barreled shotgun ban came in like 1985, I think, and same thing with like the ban on the Uzi. And it's like literally every gun in Terminator One is mentioned by name in our you know our assault weapons ban. Just a theory I've had. Yeah. Well, yes, that's the whole Uzi 9mm. Yes. Oh, I love Uzis. Great. Uzis are really cool. Yeah, the Uzi is banned by name in California, but there's a couple of companies like Century Arms and Yeah, the Mac 10. It's, it's a whole yeah. different thing or the Tackle or whatever they're whatever they're called. There's different firearms that look yeah. similar that are uh uh equally right. fun and equally yeah, I, I was Equally looking at one of, like, the UC9 by Century Arms, which is, like, literally a exact replica of an Uzi, but it's legal because it's not on the IMI list. So, looks like fun. Yeah, and if, you, uh, if you're in a free state and uh, you have a 3D printer, there are ways to build your own uh, legal uh, replica of an Uzi that is, you know, fully compliant with federal law, and uh, it's, they're, yeah. they're very practical as well. Uh, I cannot tell you where to get the files because that's a whole <laughs> yes, other legal battle. Want, want to avoid that. Um, cool. Well, uh, let's see. I guess next one on the list, probably like Colorado, it looks like is starting to pass kind of a, a similar set of laws uh, like uh, the mayor of uh, San Jose is proposing. Yeah. So I remember talking about the Colorado shooting um, probably like a podcast or two ago. And I mean, I. I, I saw this as an inevitability, you know, like their Colorado already had laws in place to stop what happened in March. But of course, they're not going to look at those and go, oh, you know, we could have just used these. They're going to say, oh, no, we need more because the current laws didn't work, even though no one did jack shit to enforce the current laws that we already have. You know, I mentioned it before, but he had a, the, the shooter in uh, Boulder had a history of violence. and everyone knew that he was mentally unstable and yet no one did anything about it you know his family members who you know intimately knew uh how destabilized he was saw him with the firearm and went no you know that's all right that's fine we're not going to do anything about that we're not going to make use of the red flag flag laws that we already have or anything like that no no why would we ever do anything that would be remotely responsible and because of the failure of the family members the police and the school who you know 
either refused to or intentionally did not, you know, report any of these incidents which would, you know, have barred him from purchasing the firearm. They just let everything slide, and eventually the man grew to a point where he snapped and, or not snapped, he had snapped for a while, but it gotten to a point where he was finally in a position where he could enact such violence. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really pissed off about it, but it's par for the course, there's nothing you can really do. I'm entirely expecting, uh, for these laws to be passed, because that has been, that has kind of been the, the MO, uh, whenever these things happen, you know? Laws already exist that could have stopped it. People don't enforce it. Things happen. Unfortunate things, really unfortunate things happen. And then they tried adding more on. And it just makes, you know, life harder for everyone else. You know, regular, everyday law-abiding gun owners. And does jack shit for any other criminals. So, it's just just kind of the same song and dance that has been you know, on everyone's nerves for the, the past however many long, however many years this has been going on. But another California-centric story, uh, looks like the San Mateo County Board of Supervisors is trying to uh, make it more difficult for gun stores to operate in the area. Uh, one of the weird requirements they have is that they're requiring live surveillance camera for all gun sales. I think that's something that... Uh, actually was in the works from the San Jose mayor as well. Um, I know of a a gun store that was talking about this on Reddit where, you know, essentially like they're kind of freaked out because they don't want to have that responsibility of filming every single transaction. And it's kind of unconstitutional to ask for that. Um, So that, but but that kind of seems like a, a growing trend in the laws that I've seen is like this weird requirement that every transaction has to be on camera. That's uh, that's interesting. It sounds kind of yeah, absolutely big brothery. I'd say great. Um, cool. Well, I mean, that that's actually all I had for news. So, uh, did, did you have any other items you wanted to add in, Raphael or uh, Bobby? Uh, let's see. I don't. There's, there's, besides the assault weapons overturn, there's not a map in the last two weeks in terms of uh, firearm stuff. The uh, forced reset trigger, the FRT fifteen or whatever it's called. Uh, is back in stock in a lot of places with some uh, some fixes. So if you're interested in some rapid pew 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 in a fully legal manner, uh, that that is a, a device you may be interested in. Uh, let's see, anything else? No, there's no no real new uh, firearm releases either. Uh, I mean, go. the Tesla Model S Plaid is being released tonight, so there's that. that. But that's not exactly mount a m2 on top well uh oh one one late breaking thing it looks like uh the assault weapons ban uh california already filed its appeal or at least uh rob bonta our attorney general just announced that a couple of hours ago yeah i'm I'm not shocked yeah not not surprising yeah, at i all. thought it would have come much sooner i thought it was going to be the next day yeah, like, well i remember when uh when he initially when benitez originally um upheld the uh uh, the standard capacity magazine uh, restrictions. Um, you know, everybody thought that, oh, well, we can probably buy magazines now. Uh, but they appealed through a judge in Hawaii within 24 hours of that decision coming down. And so uh, no one could actually get those mags shipped in uh, through, you know, many different channels. I know there's like some websites that will ship here and just say, you know, F you to the law. Um, but 
in general, most sites that like Gun Mag Warehouse and uh, Brownells and a couple of other ones, they, you know, took orders for 15 round magazines and up, and then they just immediately canceled them after 24 hours because the appeal was that fast. Yeah, it's kind of a shame how the court system is able to be abused in such a way where you can have a judge from not the district where this is in uh, have, you know, uh, block an order. It's it's a little bit, little bit ridiculous and, and makes me sad. I think it makes us all sad. All right. Um, well, I guess, yeah, we uh, got, uh, got the takes from Eugene coming in later, so we will move on then. Uh, next section here before we get into Q&A and uh, listener participation, uh, we're gun of the week. Um, so this week we chose the Beretta ARX. So um, for those of you that don't know, the Beretta ARX is an Italian modular assault rifle Manufactured by Breda, the world's oldest uh, firearms manufacturer. Um, so One correction. Hmm? The ARX-160 is a modular assault rifle. The ARX-100 is a modular sporting rifle. Ah, there we go. The ARX-100 is the civilian version. The 160 is military and law enforcement. Right. Good to know. Thanks Thanks for the uh, correction there. Yep. Assault um, rifle, it means select fire. That's the, I, I like to keep that line clear because assault rifle does have a real meaning. Assault weapon, yep. it does not. For sure. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, been pretty widely adopted in Europe from what I've heard. Um, you know, I just uh, started the process of getting one and making it California compliant. Um, not sure if I talked about this before, but, you know, essentially like in California, like you can't import something that is defined as an assault weapon into the state, obviously, but you can use a middleman who will then, you know, basically modify it so it's no longer an assault weapon and therefore legal to uh, import. So uh, going through that process right now, they're, uh, you know, going to butcher my boy to put a fin grip on it and uh, do some fixed uh, welding and things like that. So at the end of the day, it'll be kind of a Frankenstein version, but uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to try out and uh, you know shoot and easily reverse if I ever move to a free state. Uh, the good news is, um, yeah, well, exactly. You can you can reverse it easily if you move to a free state, and if you SBR it, it is one of the best guns ever. So, for the benefit of our listeners who may not know what uh, SBRing it is, uh, could you uh, explain that? Sure. So. In the 30s, Congress passed the NFA, the National Firearms Act, which was a reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to gang violence at the time and cannot be argued to have been effective. Uh, did they expect tax stamp on certain guns that were in common use uh, for criminal activities at the time? Uh, so this included requiring a $200, so equivalent to $4,000 in 1938 dollars, uh, tax stamp on automatic weapons and then shotguns and rifles under a certain length, as well as suppressors. Although I believe suppressors may have been added later. I'm not clear on the history there. Uh, so the definition, uh, roughly, do not use this as, as legal advice, but the definition of an SBR or SBS, short barrel rifle, is for a rifle, a rifle with a barrel under 16 inches long, uh, and that's that definition has been legally expanded to include, um, you know, if you have a welded muzzle device that's an inch and a half long on a 15-inch barrel, that counts too because what they care about is the actual length of the barrel uh notwithstanding um how the uh not, not ballistics notwithstanding uh the actual length of the weapon itself is what was being targeted so nowadays 200 dollars is relatively affordable 
Uh, so a very common thing to do in states that allow it, because not every state has it legal, um, is to uh, take a, a, a rifle and bring the barrel down to a shorter length, uh, which can mean uh, it's a lot easier to move around. It's a lot more fun. I still wouldn't try to conceal an AR under my coat, even if it had a 10-inch barrel. But uh, in the case of the P90, the barrel fits inside the body of the weapon when it's short barrel, so 10 inches, and it sticks out in a kind of weird-looking way. So if you move to a free state and take the end of the barrel off or replace it with a shorter barrel once you get the proper paperwork, uh, it's a really good-looking gun and really fun to shoot because it's it's uh, shooting out of the barrel length that it was originally designed to. Nice, yeah, yeah. Instead of like something a good time and extra you know, long, if uh, if all things go never well, say never. Yeah, it might might end up not being an issue, and I could reverse it in the state of California too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> that would be nice. Yep. Cool. Um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby, any thoughts on the uh, the ARX or uh, all of that? Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like it's just so easy. Um, there's just so many rules around um, what's known, what's not so easy to be non-compliant, quote-unquote, um, especially in a state like California, um, where it's just, um, there's just so so many laws, so many rules that um, for someone that is, like, not super into guns or someone who, uh, like, doesn't have time to keep up with the, quote-unquote, like, uh, up-to-date rules and regulations it can be really easy to um like to be like what we we own it can easily be illegal um and could get you into trouble and i think that's that's kind of sad to think about just because like um, like uh, like rules are supposed to be and laws are supposed to be like um like helping the people but in the case of all these regulations, it's definitely hurting more than it's helping. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. That's uh, regulation kills a lot of things and uh, it, it doesn't help. Um, it really doesn't help firearms. I think uh, more targeted laws towards people would be a lot better than more targeted laws towards firearms. Um, but that's, that's a whole other discussion we can get into in a special episode. Uh, back to the ARX. It looks really good, and um, I really would like to see it make a comeback, uh, specifically as an AR pistol, as it were. I think it's just the right form factor, and uh, I think it would look absolutely incredible without a long barrel, and probably be excellent TC or pistol caliber carbine, mm -hmm. so shooting 9 mil. I think it would be perfect for yeah, that. Yeah, well, Beretta does have the uh, CX-4, which is their like pistol caliber carbine. It, it kind of looks similar to that. Um, like I've got one in 40 cal, um, you know, again, it's California compliant, so they, you know, gimped it, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun, uh, little shooter for sure. Well, it looks futuristic. Yeah, it's, it literally uh, was little, the gun little, in Battlestar Galactica. Literal, uh, yes, along with the, uh, P90, because it also looks like a space gun. <laughs> Back to the P90, man. Oh, mm. man, I have to go check that out. Like, I'm going to visit my parents in uh, Tahoe this weekend, so they're on the Reno side, so I might just, like, go see if I can, I don't know, rent some cool guns or something like go that. Go rent a full auto. It's worth yep. it. I think I might try that. I That'd need, be fun. Yeah, my local range has a couple full autos uh, in 9 mil, but they only shoot subsonic through them because uh, they are old and want to wear out. So I think I'll be uh, grabbing some subs soon and just taking taking a taking a spin because that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it really does. 
Well, and like you were mentioning, like the uh, the, the the trigger drop in trigger. Uh, forgot what it was called. I bet I the force reset. Force reset. Trigger, yeah, yeah isn't that like basically like it kind of is almost like mimicking full so auto, what it, or it's like you depress your so, finger, then you let it up, and it goes like boop boop boop. It's not full auto at all. Um, it will help you shoot rapidly. Okay. So what you do is you maintain constant pressure on, and you have to release to get it to reset. This is a reset. So when the bolt goes back forwards from firing, it hits a little lever that shoves the trigger forward. So if you keep a constant, uh, if you keep a consistent amount of pressure on the trigger, it will reset, and you have to pull it again. So it's fully legal. Um, a little bit tricky to use. You have to get the right amount of pressure, but it lets you empty your magazine a little bit faster and helps you uh, spend more money, which is something that all of us here love. Especially in California when we have a 10 round limit, uh, it seems like that would be like gone in a second. Nice. Don't start it. Well, cool. Um, the only thing 10 round mags are good for is prone shooting, and you can rest the gun on the mag, nice and stable, nice and short, instead of having a 30 round mag just digging into the ground. That's the only use case. Yeah. Well, and I guess, you know, in some states, they do have a five round limit for hunting, I've heard. So, like, I mean, there are five round air mags that you can get out there for that purpose uh just because you know you don't want to have a 30 round advantage on a deer I mean, that's the state law which is i you know don't agree with it but I, i've heard that's the case in some places plus the meat probably wouldn't taste that great if you you know unloaded 30 rounds at a deer uh cool well um yeah moving on then um guess we can open up the mics there we're kind of having a shorter episode this week since we're frankensteining some stuff together um but I know, uh, you know, dumb do a denim. Um, you you had your hand up a little bit earlier, so if you wanted to chime in, uh, feel free. We'll uh, elevate your mic privileges. All right, you should be live. Yeah, so I just wanted to comment on the assault weapon ban, and then appealed, and then just going from there. Um, I think someone mentioned that you don't think it's. I think Raphael, you mentioned that you don't think it would get. Or that the Supreme Court would take it up, and I, I think they will. Would I think they will disagree. take it up. Um, that's yeah, nice. I, I guess originally, uh, before you said anything, I kind of didn't think that they would like have anything to do with any two A cases. But maybe what you're saying is probably true, and I mean that's probably what we're all hoping for. Well, but I can. I mean, I think that's probably. Sorry, continue. I can explain my logic. So. Previously, this, uh, Clarence Thomas explicitly said that he was not willing to vote to take up any Second Amendment case because he feared for the future of the Second Amendment if it was uh, if the liberals got their hands on it, essentially. Uh, and they could have made some very damaging decisions if the conservatives had, had, had allowed them to take up certain cases. So now the court has a, a six to three republic. Generally, according to the voting records of these people, um, of these these new appointees, we should have a very good chance of being able to at least get reasonable rulings. Uh, so we have uh, most of the six are constitutional. They are all forms of constitutional interpretation. So textualists believe that the text as written is how the law should be interpreted. And originalists believe that the uh, law as it was originally meant is how it should be interpreted. And both of those interpretations are extremely favorable to Second Amendment rights because uh, despite all the semantic arguments against uh, against the Second Amendment, like, oh, it well-regulated means something uh, that it obviously didn't mean in the original context, uh, originalism and textualism both basically say, nah, uh this is what it actually meant. And 
the original meaning of the Second Amendment is pretty clear. And that's why I'm confident in the current court to hand down a, at least decent decision. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to the question of whether or not they're going to take it. Um, and I think so due to I... the current court makeup, it's likely because the people who would have previously voted against taking it now feel more confident in the court's ability to make a constitutional decision. I, I guess that's probably my concerns. And uh, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I probably agree with you. Um, I also, like, I was wondering how long would it take for, cause, I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Biden's to quote unquote stack the court. <laughs> Do you think that that would have any uh, guess, yeah. um, interference? So um, stacking the court is something that I've been worried about for a while. So I did some reading. Uh, so it would require an act of Congress to do so. There are several Democrats who are against it because they know what would happen the next time a Republican got elected, which is more court stacking and then probably a law against court stacking. Uh, and uh, those senators have successfully kind of turned that wave back. So I don't think it will actually be something that's going to happen in the near future. And if it does, it just means that we eventually end up with hundreds of justices on the Supreme Court. The whole thing turns into a joke. Uh, because when one side can do it, the other side can do it. Yeah, I mean, that was also my other concern. And I guess it makes sense. I was just kind of worried, like, oh, these kind of processes take forever. And maybe like two, three years, we have like 14 Supreme Justices or whatever. Yeah. Sleep over. So, um, yeah, basically we have a uh, we have good uh, a good chance of the Supreme Court remaining at its current composition for the next at least five to ten years. Breyer is getting a little bit old, and uh, he could either be replaced this term or uh, Republican to be president. And uh, either way, it doesn't really change the fundamental makeup of the court. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not too worried about the Supreme Court aspect, and I wouldn't be if I were you either. Um, it seems like the Supreme Court is in a very strong position. Regard and uh, especially if Dari decisis is a thing, let the decision stand. So, if decisions made now are not likely to be um, ruled against in the future by the same court, yeah. Plus, you know, Kristen Cinemar and uh, Joe Manchin are kind of like the best chance we have to avoid that because um, they are pretty much on record being against court stacking, and um, it would have to pass the Senate by, I think, more than a 51 vote majority, which is all the Democrats really have at this point. It's just Kamala Harris is a tiebreaker given the current makeup. So as long as they don't get hit by a bus tomorrow, um, where even if they did get hit by a bus, they'd be replaced by a Republican because of the governorship. So hopefully nothing to worry about in Arizona and uh, West Virginia where uh, Joe Manchin I don't think from. we have anything to worry about in West Virginia. Joe Manchin knows... Uh... Yep who he represents and uh, survived his lives by being really useful. Um, and also, I think it was mostly political posturing. Uh, Democrats should know by now that whenever they try to change the rules, the Republicans will use that rule change to their advantage and completely bend them over with it. And I think that that is kind of helping keep the, uh, the filibuster in place, other tools that we have to balance Republic and democracy. I think that's, uh, I think we're kind of cooling down on the rule changes because uh, the Supreme Court nomination process, when the Republicans blocked it, the Democrats changed the rules. And, and uh, look how that went with uh, and Barrett. I think this also goes into another conversation about like the pistol braces and how the ATF is constantly trying to redefine things and criminalize people. Um, I think that just goes back to like how 
we can implement these new gun laws in uh, pretty much overnight and then it takes many many years for the the overturn through legitimate means so i think i guess that's just how it is but i think uh i, I think I it think just makes a strong go ahead i was just going to say i think it makes a strong case for um actually never mind I think uh, I think you are reasonably concerned about the state of the laws in our country, but I also think that the previous administration left us with a good judicial framework to fight whatever this administration puts in place. Uh, I think I'll agree that, that we have a lot of good judges in place who support an originalist or textualist reading of the Constitution, and I think that that combined with uh, the number of laws this new administration is trying to pass may actually turn out in our favor. Because uh, the more laws that get struck down, the more laws that can't be passed again, and the more laws that can get overturned on a state level. And the more that happens, the better off we are. Yeah, exactly. That makes yep, and I mean, I know that uh, some people, you know, get knocked for, you know, liberalism versus classic liberalism, but this is really what it's all about. I mean, it's textualist interpretation of the Constitution. That's what the current makeup of the Supreme Court is uh, really all about, which, you know, kind of ironically is, uh, I mean, it's a good thing if you believe in the Constitution, whereas if you're a more activist judge, like, say, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, God rest her soul, rest in peace, um, you know, you have a more of a, a view of the Constitution being a living, breathing, evolving document and not, you know, framed in the original founder's intent. So that's, you know, one other reason why it's, uh, you know, actually better for democracy to have uh, a more conservative court because they're not going to even in the cases of like abortion rights like put their views on it if it's not in the constitution there's no precedent you kind of don't have anything to worry about and i think that's i think that's really good i'm a, i i hate legislation through the courts um and like there's there's decisions over time that have been horribly malformed that have caused contention because we didn't have the chance to legislate this instead of taking it. One example is Roe v. Wade. If that had been passed as federal law instead of making the Supreme Court decide it, I think it would be a much less controversial issue because yeah, as it stands, the only way to, 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 to change it is to go through the Supreme Court, which makes it not really a, an issue that can be debated with any meaning. I'm not giving an opinion one way or the other on it. Uh, but in terms of a decision and the court legislating from the bench, I think it causes more problems than it solves, even if you agree with the law that's passed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, personally, I'm pro-choice, but I absolutely agree with you that the, the way that that was all handled was not the best way to go about it to actually force lasting change. Because once you get a law in place, it's really difficult to overturn. But Supreme Court precedent, you know, takes years. But, you know, it just causes more confusion for everyone. All right. Uh, do we have any more audience questions? I don't believe we do. Nobody else's hand is up. All right. Cool. Uh, so unless we have anything else on the agenda, I think that's all we have. Yep, for that, that's all we hey. have for today. Um, just quick reminder, uh, would be really big help for those of you listening to give us a glowing five-star review on iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, you name it, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, going to have some, you know, exciting updates about the uh, the website here in a couple of, uh, you know, the coming weeks and uh, be on the lookout for um, more information about the uh, 731 event uh, with Monarch Defense. Um, we're getting uh, the agenda and curriculum and uh, kind of a press release together about that that will be going out on uh, 
not just uh, Brian's social channels, but our social channels as well. And we're hoping to get some, uh, you know, sponsorship to really get the word out there. So, you know, tell your friends, tell your wives, anybody who's unexperienced that wants to get some very, very low cost uh, to free training, um, sign up for the event uh, when we get that posted. Yeah, um, I wish I could make it out. I think I will try to at some point in the future. Uh, it definitely sounds like a great time and being able to uh, get some more time behind the grip sounds yep. good to me. Well, and plus, I mean, if you ever just in general, like excluding our event, like Brian at Monarch Defense is awesome. Um, I mean, his range is it's just like out the middle of the nowhere on top of, you know, the mountains of San Jose. And he's got like all sorts of cool outdoor gear and uh you know it's a 360 degree range as he likes to say they've got a dueling tree they've got uh steel up all over the place and he really goes into like the fundamentals of all manner of shooting that you just like wouldn't get at a range um like a normal range where it's just it's a square you're looking down a lane you go left you go right you're fine um but you don't get a chance to like draw from the hip and you don't get a chance to like use your rifle sling really because, you know, most range officers are kind of like FUDs and don't want you to let you play around with your stuff. So his stuff is uh, very, very cool. Um, and, you know, dumb to a denim, if you wanted to add anything about uh, Monarch Defense, because you were there for the whole event, we were just there for a couple of minutes to kind of check things out. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, I definitely get more range on that under my belt, especially with uh, how uh, the, the schedule of my local ranges has been. It's been a bit difficult, but... Uh... We need to have a talk about getting an event more officially scheduled up here. I have some people who, uh, some friends in high places, as it were, who for, thank sure. for another time as well. Yeah, I mean, just to add Monarch Defenses, I have uh, good recommendations for them. I think Brian does a good job of instructing anyone of any skill level, whether it be like beginners to like advanced people. And uh, I think he's his range is a really nice facility and definitely recommend anyone in the Bay Area to check it out. Um, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. No, I've got to check myself. All right, unless we have any other pending orders of business, I think we have reached our conclusion for the day. Is that right? Yep, that is it. So, uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening in on the podcast and on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, other sources. Um, you guys are what makes this uh, place special. So thanks for listening. We'll see you uh, maybe next week with a shorter bonus episode. But um, as always, you can find the full podcast uh, bi-weekly on either Thursdays or Wednesdays. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and have a uh, great week.